For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridirons. Teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online <laughs> continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's your initial deposit. Double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet Online, the easiest way to find and bet all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts i'm paul Catalina, alongside former cowboys quarterback danny white and danny the cowboys are are kind of rolling through these uh, right now they the the bucks game i know was a loss but they looked good in it they had a clutch win against the chargers they blew out the eagles uh, is there is there a new winning vibe and culture building here do you see that with this team well, yeah, as long as they keep it going, um, uh, yeah, that's that's always the question is uh, all it, how, how fragile is is this uh, this environment, this uh, what, what they're playing in right now, this confidence that they have. Um, will one loss destroy it? Will it take three or four? You know, I you know, only time will tell. Um, but as long as they can keep playing like they're playing, um, and, and if this, the, the football gods, which I talk about, uh, all the time as being such a big part uh, of the culture, as long as they're good to the Cowboys as they have been. Um, and, and again, you know, with, uh, with with the Carolina coming to town, they're playing a team that is not as good as their record. They've played two of the probably the two worst teams um, in the league, you know, in the Jets and and uh, um, and Houston. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's and, and without their best player and maybe the best player in the entire National Football League. Um. So. So once again, the football gods are smiling on the Cowboys this week, um, and they should come out of this with a win, which will just compound um, this uh, this cultural phenomenon that you referred to um, as as a, as confidence. A winning streak will do that, um, and so I I fully expect us to be sitting here next week at this same time talking about the renewed confidence that the Cowboys have, uh, especially 
offensively because they're just they're just clicking. I mean, the emergence of Tony Pollard, the emergence of the running game, um, you know, the great job that's that the backups. I mean, th- this league has become a league of backups, and the team that manages um, their backups the best is is going to do well. And right now, the Cowboys are doing it not only because the backups are good, but because the coaching's good. And uh, we talked about, you know, uh, what a what a great job Kellen Moore is doing, for instance, often Dan Quinn defensively. And those guys are just doing a phenomenal job managing, you know, J. Ron Kirsch, also Ziggy Dodigizawa. Um, we're learning, <laughs> we're all learning mm-hmm. to pronounce that name. Um, yeah. <laughs> And those guys are just stepping up all the way all across the board and and um, playing very well. The defense was so bad last year, and I know they had injuries, but they just they did not have the right personnel for what Mike Nolan was trying to do, and they 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 probably made too big of a shift. Why is Dan Quinn, with mostly the same guys and and rookies essentially, been able to change this so quickly around to where again they're not you know, a classic Super Bowl winning Cowboys defense yet. We don't know that, but you know, that if you look at the teams from the seventies, the teams from the nineties, you know, they had those, those big bad defenses, but this one just gets the job done with guys who are rookies and guys who weren't successful last year. What's the biggest difference that Dan Quinn has made within his scheme and within these players? Well, I, I think the biggest difference has been timing. I think Dan Quinn stepped in at the right time when when this whole organization was rebuilding with a new head coach, um, with with a quarterback coming back off a of, off a big injury, with COVID um, going away, and fans back and you know, all these all these elements coming together. I think there's a kind of a convergence of forces taking place, and Dan Quinn happened to step in and be the catalyst for this defense turning around with, 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 with players that, uh, you know, may, may not have as much expected of them, you know, frankly. And uh, so Dan Quinn gets the credit. And, and so I think that more than anything, but he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I think a great coach stepping in at the right time uh, under the right conditions can make a huge difference in uh in the culture of a football team. And I still am not uh, on the bandwagon hundred percent. I still think they've got a ways to go. And I think when they get to the tougher, the meatier part of their schedule um, that, that will show up or won't show up depending on how good they really, really are. And, you know, we, and I say, we, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually admitting that I've come over to the dark side <laughs> in terms of the media Um we in the media have a tendency to over-dramatize everything. And that's why you and I are here talking on this podcast today yeah. is because we're, we're going to exaggerate the real um, effects that are, that are taking place. Um, and, uh, and we're going to talk about those and it's, it's all great. It's great entertainment. Football is a great uniting force in our country today. Now you talk about, over dramatizing something I just did. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but that's, but that's really what it's become. Again, timing is everything. Uh, football is coming along at a time uh, when we need it 
so badly. Um, and, and it's taking advantage of it. And fans are more excited, more rabid. That place, that AT&T Stadium the other night was unbelievable. I've never seen it like that. Um, they opened the doors two hours before kickoff, and there was a mad sprint. We were sitting up in the booth watching it of the fans coming from both ends to the rail. This, these are standing room only fans. These are not people with tickets and see, they have tickets, but they don't have seats running to the rail to try to get, you know, to try to get a spot. And this is two hours. They got to save these spots for two hours before kickoff. And, and they're going to get on that rail and they're going to hang on and they're going to put something down. I don't know how they do it, but, but um, that was how excited people were for this game. And has there ever been a time in our history when we've needed that positive excitement more than we need it right now? And that and football is providing that. So, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be doing what we're doing in the football business. Yeah. Amen to that for sure. Uh, I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to ask you about that because two of your teammates were honored the other night and Cliff Harris and Drew Pearson, uh, both guys who waited far too long to get those gold, gold jackets. And I, I can't imagine what it's like, you know, just thinking about Jimmy Johnson waiting as long as he had to post-coaching career to get his. And then you add on to that twice as much time for Drew and for Cliff, uh, both guys who were dominant players in their era. Uh, what was that like for you to be to see that uh, at halftime? What they did with with the the Hall of Fame ceremony, especially for the guys that you played with in, in Drew and in Cliff. Yeah, especially Drew. I mean, I uh, Cliff. They were both um, they were both just phenomenons. You know, both free agents coming out of small colleges. Um, proving to the football world that they still haven't got it figured out yet. And they still don't um, until they figure out how to measure the size of the human heart at the combine players like cliff and drew will fall through the cracks. Um, and they are today. There are, there are great players that are not playing in the national football league, unfortunately. So they still haven't got it figured out, but uh, it was such a thrill for me. This one more so than most, because at least where Drew is concerned, I felt like I had just a little, <laughs> a oh, little yeah. input. Mm-hmm. You know, the two passes I threw him in Atlanta, the the uh, audible that I didn't, or the timeout that I didn't call against the Vikings when Tony Dorsett went on that ninety-nine yard run. I should have called timeout because there were only ten. We only had ten players on the field. <laughs> a lot of little little things like that that people don't realize. But I went ahead and ran the play anyway, and history was made. Isn't that, isn't that amazing about the game of football? The greatest plays, uh, the great moments were never planned. You know, the Hail Mary, the Immaculate Reception, the catch, all these great plays were not by design. Um, they were broken plays, if you will. And, and, and so uh, that run, that 99-yard run of Tony's, should not have ever been if I would have done my job properly. Um, the two passes I threw to Drew in at the end of the Atlanta playoff game are both balls I should not have thrown and would not normally have thrown because he was covered. And, and it was, especially the second one, we were in field goal range in a position to tie the game and go to overtime. And I threw a pass that, you know, if Tom Pridemore was a step faster, he intercepts that ball and I'm history. You know, I mean, Cowboy fans would have never 
laid eyes on me again. Um, but as, a, as it turns out, it, it was a brilliant play. And so those were a couple of little things, not, not to the extent that Roger, uh, Roger played with him. Uh, I think it was seven years and I was with him for four or six and five or something like that. But I still had some moments with Drew, and so a little bit of me, <laughs> a little bit of me went into that Hall of Fame with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure that he could have gotten there without some of the plays that I at least uh, provided him opportunities to excel in. And and so that's pretty neat. That's a pretty neat feeling. Um, and it was the uh, first time I've ever been to Cannes, first time I've ever participated in any of that stuff. And and probably as close as I'll ever get uh, was with Drew going in. So, um, yeah, it was pretty special for me personally outside of what it meant for our team and all my teammates, but uh, pretty neat feeling. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what it felt like for the – you know, you walk in as the visiting team, especially a rival team, and then not only is the team – your rival beating you, but they're celebrating their history at halftime and getting the fans just drunk on all of that, you know, gold jacket and Super Bowls and the glory days, like walking back out in the second half must have been just extra tough for the Eagles knowing that, man, this place is lit up right now. Yeah, the Cowboys poured it on. You know, Dak's first game back um, at home in front of fans, uh, all of that uh, just added to it. So, so. How much? How much was the emotion playing into that uh, their performance on the field? I have always said that emotion favors a defense and hurts an offense. In the Super Bowl, it's usually defenses that win games um, because defense is emotion. It's it's hustle. It's flying around, running to the football. Offense is execution. It's it's knowing your assignment, knowing your role, and filling that role. And if all 11 guys do that, then the offense is successful. It, it, it relies on execution. Defense relies more on emotion. And so that was a game where the defense certainly stepped up. How much of that was the emotion of the day? I don't know. You know, someday we'll know all that stuff, but it won't be in this lifetime, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there are, there were just so many things that happened, but uh, there are things that are, you know, evident happening every week. Trayvon Diggs has three interceptions. That pick six was uh, about as good as it gets when reading like, Oh man, my, the guy I'm covering fell down. I'm just going to go get this ball uh, and go uh, was, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, 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 I think with Trayvon Diggs, you know, I know you got to coach some things out of him that he sometimes takes too many chances and gets beat, but I think maybe, don't coach too much out of him because it's it's working right now. Whatever they're doing is that he's able to read the ball and make plays like like not a whole lot of people in football can. Well, and, and there lies the great mystery of, of good coaching is to coach them enough but not too much mm-hmm. uh, because you can coach a player right out of greatness into mediocrity if you're not careful. Um, a guy A guy like Micah Parsons, for instance, Boy, so much, so much of him is just is just pure. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's 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 in his system. It's ingrained in him. It's DNA. Um, it's instinct. So much of him is that that if you give him too much to think about before he does that, 
you could ruin him. Mm-hmm. You could ruin him. Therein lies the great challenge of Dan Quinn. Um, coach him, tell him where he's supposed to go, but don't coach him so much that he doesn't just run after the ball. He could run the opposite. The ball could go one way. He could run the other way because that's his assignment if you're not careful. What you want Micah Parsons doing is getting after the ball on every play to a large extent. Now, does he have assignments? Does he have to be in the right gap? Yeah, at times. But, man, with a guy like that, you got to just let him go. And uh, and that was another, that was another great um, emergence out of that game the other night is the continued development or, if you will, non-development of Micah Parsons. Do we want to develop him or not? Yeah. <laughs> do we want to do we want to keep that animal instinct in him and let him go? Um, you know, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a great question, and and Dan Quinn is is probably the guy for the job when it comes to that. Well, you know, and and so much of today's defense with the rules, look, they can't play defense how they did when you were when you were playing there, the rules are completely different. So there are built in advantages. Cliff Harris could not play today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He couldn't do it. Uh, They don't like you sawing people in half like he did. It just, it's, (laughs) it's taboo uh, with the rules. So the defense has had to adjust. So now it's not necessarily about smothering a team and making sure they don't get one inch. It's about, okay, what do I have to give them and what big play can I make? And with Diggs and with Parsons, they've got guys who in the moment, okay, it's third and seven, and we got to get a stop they can do that and get the team off the field it's not about getting three and outs every time anymore because offenses move so differently you can't even expect to do that a lot of the time sometimes you just gotta you know bend and don't break i know is the the cliche but you know just wait to your moment and make the play no it's true it, it it's totally true and timing again is everything um uh you know I, coach landry used to say uh, when it came to quarterbacking, the first page of his quarterback manual had a question. What is the most important thing for a quarterback to know in a football game? Is it what to do, when to do it, or why you do it? Okay, and I used I argued with him for five or six years about that because I thought the most important thing to know was why you do something. Because if you know why you do something, then you know what to do and when to do it. He constantly disagreed with me. And, and then one day I called an audible on fourth down against the Washington Redskins with the game on the line. It blew up when I was supposed to just try to get him to jump off sides. I called a running play and, and the Redskins won the game. Well, after the game, I was sitting in his office, and, and he, you know, this argument was still going on, and and he and I said, "Wouldn't you have done the same thing, Coach? If you saw what I saw in that defense, would you not have done the same thing?" He said, "Well, it was the perfect play, and it was it was, um, but but he said I would not have done what you did because I know that the most important thing for a quarterback to know is not why you do something; it's when you do it. The the issue of timing." And then he went on to say to me that he didn't. He, I should never change the way I played football because, um, because I did take a lot of chances as a quarterback. I took more than more than most. Um, a lot of times it worked. This one made the front page of the Dallas Morning News, and the ones that worked didn't. Uh, that's the that's the difference. <laughs> they don't report report planes that land safely um, <laughs> in the Dallas Morning News. So. 
um, uh, th- that was something that Coach Landry believed in, that timing was a critical part of football and doing things at the right time. Um, and that was a lesson that I learned, uh, like so many, the hard way, unfortunately, but at least I learned it. And uh, so those guys the other night, yeah, the, 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 that's that's a great stigma of, of the game of football is doing things – at the right time um, and, and not, you know, the, the Hail Mary that Roger threw uh, could not have come at a better time. Yeah. And had it come at any other time, probably wouldn't have been as big a play. Probably wouldn't be known as the Hail Mary today. The catch, you know, Dwight Clark and Joe Montana hadn't come at the time that it did. It wouldn't have just been another catch. We go down and score on the next series like we should have. It would just have been another catch. So timing takes takes good plays and makes some great plays. And and um, right now the Cowboys are just they're riding that high, and it's it's the job of the coaches uh, and everybody in that building to keep them on that high. Don't overcoach them. Don't undercoach them. Be perfect. Everybody just be perfect, and the Cowboys will be back in the Super Bowl. That's all we ask. Yeah. It's, it's simple. It's simple. It's an easy, easy answer. Before we get yeah. into Carolina, I do want to ask you about this. There is the kind of interesting intersection with the Cowboys, and not on their coaching staff, but some of their players. When you look at Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse and DeMonte KZ and the safety, they're on one-year prove-it deals. Dan Quinn was in the Super Bowl just a few years ago ago and and now is is not a head coach anymore he's he's a defensive coordinator again uh, Mike McCarthy coached uh, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time and I know I know how you feel about him you uh, about Aaron Rodgers and only won one Super Bowl with him in all that time there is there's a lot of something to prove with a lot of you know Dak has to prove that he's worth won all the money that they gave him that's the highest paid player in Cowboys history and that he's okay and healthy and fine and can be that guy that they're paying him to be. Uh, there's Tyron Smith has to prove that he's not over the hill and, and busted up and he's healthy again. And, and it kind of just lists on and on this kind of prove it thing that's come together with the Cowboys is interesting. And I think bears watching because Dan Quinn probably feels he should be a head coach in this league. He was up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. You know, he was dominating that game, and then Tom Brady happened to him. So yeah. uh, there's so much, many things going on. I think that bears watching with the team. It's too early to say now, but I think that's kind of an interesting, you know, subplot with the Cowboys this year. Let me let me tell you one of the dynamics that's happening right now with the Cowboys. And I've always said if I was a GM or a head coach in the NFL, I would get a bunch. I would give me a bunch of free agents on one year deals and put them on the field uh, with a bunch of guys that have something to prove. And um, because the talent level is not that big a difference, you know, between the first round and the fifth round or a, or a fifth rounder and free agent. I mean, these guys are all talented guys that played at a high level in college. We talk all the time about the players that the Cowboys are missing, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence, um, the, you know, a, a, a key player, uh, and you can go down the, the list of guys that are not playing, but look at the guys right now that are playing for the Cowboys that have a chance that most players in their situation don't have. Chauncey Goldston, Terrell Basham, Osa Odigizua, 
Okay. Guy is playing phenomenal football. Terrence Steele mm-hmm. playing phenomenal football. Why? Because he's got some he's got something to play for. He's got he's he's a free agent or he's going to be a free agent. He's trying to prove something. J. Ron Curse, who was in my doghouse after that first game because he tried to intercept a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. He tried to catch it. You never try to catch or intercept a Hail Mary. You knock it down. You reach up with your hand and you slap it down. He tried to catch it. It almost bounced off him right into the hands of, I don't even remember who they were playing, the Bucks or if yeah. they were, it was a preseason game or what but into the opponent's hands and should have instead it bounced into one of the Cowboys hands and ended up being an interception. Anyway, he was in my, he's out of it. Now he's played, he's played (laughs) his way out of my doghouse for what it's worth. Cedric Wilson, Mm -hmm. a great opportunity. Quentin Bohanna, Brent Urban, CJ Goodwin, Marcus Kennedy, Malik Hooker. Let's just tie Naseki. If he gets back on the, on the field, he's, he's, not on right now, but these are guys that are in a position to benefit from these injuries and, and things that the Cowboys have had. And a lot of them are on the field and they're taking advantage of it. That's one of the reasons the Cowboys are playing as well as they're playing. All right. Uh, to Carolina this week, it's a team that's, that's three, and zero, and they should be three, and zero. they they've played two bad teams and then they're an improving team. Sam Darnold looks better. Uh, one of his greatest games he ever played with the jets was when he, he beat the Cowboys, um, Matt rule and his staff in, in year two, you can see gains. Uh, and, and I know we, we know that staff here in Waco very, very well, Danny. I mean, they, they were all here at Baylor yeah, and did a fantastic sure. job. Uh, Phil snow, uh, is a, is a very brilliant defensive line. And they say, where Matt rule saying to us, Coach knows defense takes a year or so to learn. And for for college kids, it probably takes a year and a half. For pros, it probably takes a year. And you can see that that's true with the Panthers. But I think the talent differential right now is just a little bit uh, more on the Cowboys side. And while they're going to have some different things to contend with, maybe running the ball against the Panthers, I think I think they could probably still throw the ball at will, given how, how well they're rolling there. Well, um, all those things are true. I think the biggest the biggest thing right now with the Panthers is the absence of McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy might be the best player in the National Football League. And there I go dramatiz- over-dramatizing <laughs> again. But um, he's a guy that can do it all. Um, he's a great receiver. He's a great runner. He's a hard runner. His only problem is injuries. I mean, the guy just can't stay on the field. My gosh. I think they said he's played in seven games since Matt Rule took over in the last two years is all he's played in due to injuries. And it's been really three major injuries just in the last couple of years. That's and, and that demoralizes a football team, not just not just the coaches, not just the offense, but the defense as well, the whole organ, the whole locker room is demoralized because Christian McCaffrey is not out there. And and he doesn't have to be a raw rod kind of a leader. He leads by example. He leads because he plays so hard. He works so hard. Um, they just got to find a way to get him back. Now he may be back sooner than we think because they didn't put him on IR. Uh, it's a hamstring, so a hamstring can be uh, you know out for the year, and it could be out for a game. Hamstrings are funny, but the problem is you never know when they're completely healed. A slight little tear in a hamstring can get exacerbated 
by one wrong move and it in a one game absence turns into 10 games just like that if they're not careful and they, and they put him out there too soon it's not like a broken bone that once it heals it's healed um so i think that's the biggest issue with them right now and i do think the cowboys are without mccaffrey the cowboys are significantly more talented than the panthers and i think that will bear itself out especially with this role the cowboys are on i think i think that sunday is going to be a long day for the for the panthers yeah the hamstring injury and i can i can attest to this is just a guy who was playing you know a recreational softball game a few years ago i tore both my hamstrings in a softball game a couple years ago and it does feel like it heals fast but it doesn't you'll feel normal and then something will happen like you'll sit down just sit down in a chair or in the bathroom, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh well, we're back to square one again." That's that's it. So. Yeah, no, no question about it. Those those pulled hamstrings are brutal, and we're seeing that. And I'm getting on my soapbox now. The more they shorten training camp, the more these kinds of injuries are going to have. The the human body is not meant to go out and play a live regular season football game without proper preparation. You don't send an astronaut into space without <laughs> building him up, getting him ready for it, for the the trauma that the body is going to go through. Well, the same kind of thing with football players. They're, the trauma in a, in the, that first NFL real live game is incredible. And you can't prepare for it, even, even if you had six weeks like we did when I played. If you played six preseason games, you're still not ready for it, and you still have injuries. Now that they're playing three, are you kidding me? And the Players Association thinks they're doing these players a favor by shortening how much time they have to work and how much preparation time they have to get ready for the season. They're not. They're making it harder and harder on the players to get their bodies ready to play. And so many of these injuries, and I don't. again, we can't measure it, but a lot of them are due to the fact that these players didn't play in the preseason. Well, and – you know, with now, I know, I know, Dan, you guys didn't have the mini camps and things like they do now throughout the off season. You know, from you know March and the off season programs are very different. And now it seems that the first almost week of training camp is exactly what they were doing in June in mini camp. Like it doesn't seem like it's a step. So it, it, it's felt to me since they changed the rules, like, well, I mean, you're just kind of getting to it. And, and look, I don't I don't enjoy watching preseason football games that don't count as much as the next guy. But uh, there is something to be said for. I like your analogy of, you know, if, if you threw a guy into space without, you know, doing the thing where he you know walks underwater in the suit and they do the zero G training, all the different things that they do for astronauts, he's going to have a rough couple of days up there yeah. in the space shuttle. And, you know, I, I think that 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 that's. That's very true when it comes to football. Uh, just think about to anybody who's ever who's watching or listening to this podcast that played high school football and remembers the first three days of, of full contact, how your body felt like you were going to die, and then and then the fourth day you felt better, and the fifth day you felt better and better and better because you got you got used to it. It's 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 a tried and true football rule that you gotta you gotta build up to it. Yeah, the first thing I look forward to every year. Uh, was getting hit the first time and actually getting up and surviving that first real good shot. Um, the confidence, I can't, I can't tell you how much confidence you get from, uh, from taking that 
first shot and and being okay and getting up and playing, you know. And and so the guy like Dak, now quarterback in today with today's rules, you go back 20 years and play under those rules, that quarterback had better take a few shots in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But today, just stay in the pocket. Just just don't get too crazy. And if you do get out of the pocket, get down. Yeah. You know, so there are ways that you can mitigate uh, all of the the results of getting hit that first time if you're a quarterback. Not so much if you're a running back, if you're a linebacker, if you're a lineman, where you have to run and 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 try getting away from somebody that's chasing you with a gun with real bullets in it mm-hmm. versus just running on a treadmill. Yeah. Or, you know, it's totally different thing. And that's what these players are going through. They're running from someone that's really after them, really trying to hurt them versus somebody in practice. And it's a big difference. Yeah. Hey, you just gave me an idea for a business, Danny. We'll start a, a gym where we just scare you and chase you around. There you until go. Until we're like, no, we're the trainer. Just kidding. Good work. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, well, Danny, uh, thanks as always. It was great stuff. Enjoy the broadcast at home again uh, this yeah. week for the Cowboys. So, so no, no road reach. trip. They got three in a row. Yeah, it's great. Got to win them. Got to win the home games. They got to yeah. get. There, there's not. There's not a distinct advantage. Like the other night, you said was the best you'd ever seen it at AT and T Stadium. And since they've been in that stadium, there's not necessarily week to week a distinct home field advantage. They need to get to that at some point. Like there, there are just times where it's it's very even in that stadium, and that's that's not what you want when you're the home team. So uh, build on this, get a winning streak, and make that a scary place to play. That'd be nice. And and if they can do that, if they can get over that hump, you're right. They haven't quite gotten over that hump in the past. They can get over that hump where, where AT&T stadium was like Texas stadium used to be. Um, that would be a huge thing for the Cowboys. Once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching uh, here on the Believe in the Cowboys podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline. Uh, They are the sponsor of all the podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network, the network for professional podcasters. I'm Paul Catalina alongside Danny White. Have a great football weekend, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.